On today's show, the unbeaten run in Vegas has come to a close, and it happened with a blowout third quarter. The Bucks, uh, really, not too many positives from this game against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see if we can find any. Uh, but some of the big name players, uh, certainly from the Bucks' main roster standpoint, that we were looking to see. I didn't exactly have their best performances today. We saw the first look at AJ Green and Lindell Wigginton, and there was some interesting roster news with Wigginton. So we'll get to that as well. And if we've got time at the back end, I might ask Frank about flop warnings in the NBA, extra coaches challenges, and some other news that came out today. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, who's put a Brewers hat on because he doesn't even want to wear any Bucks gear after this loss to the Brooklyn Nets in Summer League. Uh, We're going to break it down. There was a 92-71 final there, but as always, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday, right through Summer League, right through the off-season World Cup coming up next month, and then before we know it, the NBA season will be back. So uh, we appreciate the support. Drop a comment, a like, subscribe, a rating, a review, all the things that you can do to help the show because it's free to do. But we appreciate you guys and girls watching and uh, listening to the show and having your input about what you're seeing with the Milwaukee Bucks. So I don't know about you, Frank, but I uh, had me feet up at halftime. I was chuckling to myself thinking, score's tied. This is going to be easy for the third quarter Summer League Bucks. They've been dominant in that quarter so far in this tournament. Uh, they were outscored 35-9 to nine in the third. That was uh, clearly where this game got away from the Bucks. They had 25 turnovers in this game. They only had one player score in double digits. And uh, overall, uh, this was not a performance to remember. And it felt uh, very Bucks uh, Summer league uh, from what we've seen in years gone by. And it was interesting tonight because we actually did see the starting lineup that I was excited to see when they they went small. All the guys that you think could have an impact, Livingston, Beauchamp, Jackson Jr., Green, Wigginton. Uh, my optimism was short-lived tonight, Frank. Yeah, I, if you thought I was just walking off the set in protest there, Kane, for concerned. those watching on video, um, I, I just had to plug in my computer. My computer's running a little low on juice. I'm also wearing... Um, the shirt my wife gave me mm, this rocket really shirt off the in, in protest and protest <laughs> tonight. I got to all I can do is celebrate a uh, Jabari Smith having an awesome summer league. Cause I'm not getting much from the bucks today, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, at least it was, at least it's only summer league, I guess. Um, you, are you a fan of the movie Shawshank Redemption? Kane? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so, you know the the scene where um, you know Andy Dufresne has to like see see the thing is I don't so did you not know the result of the game when you were watching it? 
Well, I look. Uh, there was a little white lie there, right? unfortunately. And if I, if you can allow me to complain about something that happened on League Pass today, so I texted you and said I'm on a little bit of a delay, so we're gonna have to podcast a bit later. You said I'm the same. Beautiful. So I sit down on League Pass. You've got high scores, which is great because then you can't see any of the scores. You can go in and watch the game. But the problem is underneath Bucks Nets. It's got their record for the tournament and it had updated to the Bucks being two and one. So I'm like, what is happening? What's the point of hiding the scores if you're just going to tell me the record anyway? So terrible. So I knew. I, yeah, I mean, I was following on my phone, um, but I knew because I don't have ESPNU, which was the mm. channel that the game was being shown on here in the States. Um, so, uh, but they let you rewatch later on Watch ESPN. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to just have to wait to watch the replay. So I was following along though, and so I got to experience the disaster class third quarter um, on my phone as I was uh, quote unquote watching it there. So I knew it was what, what was in store for me. I knew we were going to be doing this podcast, and so I knew that I was going to have to force myself to watch this game. And so that's where the Shawshank Redemption piece comes in. I I felt like Andy Dufresne, knowing that he's got to crawl mm. through like two miles of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to to the other side, to get to that freedom, and uh, I don't know if it was the, the, the I maybe the, I guess the third quarter was the two miles of shit, because um, yeah, that was you know kind of like the worst, the worst possible sort of summer league you know chaos. Other team is fired up, playing with energy, and the Bucks were just kind of you know the opposite of what we saw in some of the previous third quarters where they just were completely disorganized and you know Marjumbo Champ like as bad of a as indifferent of a you know Vegas game as you're going to find doesn't score a single freaking point um that's <laughs> you know, just like oh my god um so yeah i mean you know yes this is i guess where we say hey summer league doesn't matter right so we don't really have to feel bad about it but uh but yeah it's it's too, it's too bad you know these these we don't we don't have a whole lot of basketball here Kane in July to uh to enjoy so for the bucks to uh you know uh, leave a, a turd floating in the pool uh, at uh, at the at the hotel um, was uh, was unfortunate, but um, but hey, Amari Moore, hey Amari Moore made a basket. One of the Bucks mm. two way players actually has made a basket in summer league that, uh, and he actually got to play a little bit, which was nice. And you mentioned uh, some changes we saw. M- maybe they heard me complaining about Nico Mannion and Taco Fall playing too much uh, because those guys both started on the bench in this game. Wigginton was in um, and the Bucks played small to start, which I'm all for because who cares about, you know, playing a traditional lineup or whatever, just get weird with it. Um, but obviously, uh, yeah, just not a, not a whole lot to write home about <laughs> with this game. Um, and uh, I don't know, what do we, we, we have two games. Is it, we have one game plus playoffs left. Uh, is that, is that kind of where we're at? Because certainly this game, probably don't feel a whole lot of need to to belabor but um but yeah just not a not a lot went right especially after halftime it's kind of hard to play um you know a a vaguely game of organized basketball and get outscored 35 to 9 in the third quarter but um that happened so uh yeah burn the videotape Kane, and uh, we live to fight another day no that's exactly right i I thought you know we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here to come up with uh, some fun things that happen. But you know, I thought, Andre, I mean, the one thing that I think is going to be pretty safe with Andre Jackson is that he will play with a level of energy that 
it didn't look like the rest of the teammates had tonight. We've spoken about the fluctuations a little bit with Marjan Bochamp, but tonight he looked pretty flat. Ultimately, this team looked like a, a group of guys that have been in Vegas for four or five days because I know I'm absolutely not at my best if I uh, have to spend that much time in Vegas. So maybe they're just wearing a little thin towards the back end of summer league. But you know, Jackson Jr. had a, a nice lob finish from Marjan Bochamp there. He attempted a massive block and sent was David Duke Jr. flying into the into the floor there, which was a foul. Uh, but yeah, there just weren't too many positives to come from this. AJ Green knocked down a corner three, but he wasn't heavily involved. He was going with the headband tonight, though, which is interesting to see. So uh, Miami in a couple of days, uh, and we'll see if they can bounce back. Uh, oh, I think there were some people that thought that maybe... Revenge. Maybe you this been is a revenge game, right? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, there, there were some people that thought that perhaps me and you uh, could have been a little bit higher on the performances of some of the young guys over the last two days, they thought we, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe the collective wet blanket, but tonight I'm not going to get too upset either. This is summer league. This is what we come to expect. You want to see flashes from guys that you think can ultimately play a different role for the bucks than what you've seen in Vegas. So yeah, I'm happy to watch this one away. Uh, I want to ask you about Lindell Wigginton next though, because you did mention him. John Horst did a sit down uh, with our friend, Eric name. If there were any other takeaways from that, feel free to get into that. And then, there are some rules that they were at least floating about getting into at the Las Vegas Summer League. And now today, it looks like it's coming into the regular season. So still a fair bit to talk about tonight. And we'll uh, push this game to the side because we don't need to talk about it anymore. But first, what we do need to talk about is bird dogs. Because if you are in Vegas, I can guarantee you one thing that you're doing. And that's wearing shorts because from what I can see, it is absolutely stinking hot. And bird dogs make you look good as well. And if you're in Vegas, you want to be looking good. Bird Dog Stretch Khaki Shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit better. They're more comfortable, and uh, they fit better than regular shorts because uh, your normal-style shorts are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. That's not the case with Bird Dogs. They fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way-slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. So uh, I'm a big shorts guy, uh, Frank, and you can wear them uh, wherever you want to go. I'm actually, I've never done this before. Uh, people would have done it. I'm, I'm doing axe throwing in a couple of hours, which I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's a thing. I actually first heard about it in the US, but anyway, I'm doing that tonight. And so I want to be comfortable. I want to make sure I've got full movement and the bird dog shorts are going to help me out so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba or enter the promo code locked on nba for a free yeti style tumbler that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba or use the promo code uh, locked on nba for a free yeti style tumbler you don't uh you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you that Eric Name sat down with Bucks GM John Horst. He does this every year around this time to run through all the signings that the Bucks have made. Uh, it was interesting that the topic of a backup point guard came up. And not that I expected John Horst to come out and be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're about to make a big time trade. Just hang in there, brothers. No, no. So I didn't think he was going to say that. Uh, but he did mention that hey, we're pretty happy with the roster. We've got Lindell Wigginson as a two way. I don't think I hadn't read anything about that, but I think at this point in time, we've seen Lindell Wigginton play good basketball at the G League level. The numbers are great. He's played some minutes with the NBA team. He's clearly familiar with the franchise, the roster, the front office, all those types of things. But it was at least a, a little note. I mean, we keep asking about 
the backup point guard, Justin Garcia, last week on the podcast did note, hey, maybe Wigginton is going to be that guy that's going to play regular season minutes. We know last year, AJ Green played 35 games for the Bucks, which is a lot for a contending team on a two-way contract, but at least a little nugget there. We saw him for the first time tonight, as you referenced, but Wigginton, maybe just a Bucks two-way lifer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the... It- if you look at spot track or, you know, some of the different sites that sort of track contracts, they, I mean, they've had Wigginton as still being on a two way coming into the season. So mm-hmm. with Amari Moore being added, you know, basically Amari Moore, they announced as a, as a two way, the Bucks did. And uh, Wigginton, I haven't seen any official announcement about him being on a Bucks two way, but obviously it was alluded to by John Horst and, you know, it's been in sort of the data. So, uh, so we'll see. I mean, you know, again, like th- the, those are pretty easy to roll. I mean, there's not a whole lot of yeah. like, you know, there's, there's not like cap consequences if you wave a, a two-way guy. Um, but the cost of two ways has gone up significantly. I mean, it's it's now half of uh, a rookie salary at this point. So, I mean, it's, I think, up over half a million dollars in terms of the total cost of a two-way. Now you have three of those roster spots available, um, which, you know, hey, more more dudes to, to watch in summer league who actually have a chance of, uh, of sticking with the big club. And obviously there was some thought on draft night of Jay-Z and Gortman potentially getting another one of those two ways, but it does not appear that that's happened so far. But, I, you know, I think he's been an interesting guy to watch, um, you know, coming from overtime elite. Uh, sure, give him the third one. I'm fine with that, especially given the lack of point guard depth on the roster. Otherwise, um, keep in mind, those guys are limited to 50 total games and are not playoff eligible. So uh, if in some you know, dream scenario, one of those guys actually pops and, uh, you know, is, is worth keeping on. Uh, you'd have to figure out how to open up a roster spot to, uh, to convert to a two-way or to a, a regular NBA contract. But again, I, let's just say my, my concern level that, you know, one of those two-way guys is going to be so good that, you know, you're, you're going to need to, uh, convert him to a regular contract. You know, that would be a, a wonderful problem to have, but, um, you know, not exactly going to lose sleep over that, given uh, given how these things tend to go, and you know, the odds of that are, are probably not all that high. But uh, but yeah, I, the the whole discussion that Eric had with John Horst, I mean, certainly the the backup point guard discussion was not. Let's just say, if you were concerned about it, I don't think you came out of that discussion feeling like you know, sure. uh, like your fears were allayed uh, when they're talking about, you know these these uh two-way guys who've never really proven anything at the nba level and you know amari moore got a shout out as a kind of a secret secret weapon um a little bit too secret right now uh would 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 like for amari moore to become a little less secret there's definitely some uh hashtag secret dante (laughs) vibes with uh with amari moore right now but uh, at least he got his first points of summer league tonight um and and we'll see, you know, I mean, uh, this is kind of, the, this is the down, always going to be the kind of the downside of, of having so many potential roster guys, so many potential two way exhibit 10 type guys on the summer league roster is that, you know, it's just been hard to make minutes, honestly, for, for some of these guys like Gortman and, and more just haven't really played much. Um, and would, you know, again, not that it necessarily would have helped the Bucks win games um, with them kind of doing some on the job training as, you know, rookies, right. R- True rookies, you know, unless you're doing like first round picks, it's hard for these true rookies to to actually sort of help you even in summer league. 
Um, usually it's, you know, the, the guys that have had a, a trip around the block have some experience with this that, that tend to be more useful. Although Nico Mannion, you know, multi-year uh, veteran of European play as an established player. I mean, he's just continued to be awful shooting the ball throughout the summer league. And so it's just been kind of a sad trombone from, <laughs> from, from the pucks as far as some of these, some of these guys, but, uh, but yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know. I thought the, the horse discussion was, was definitely interesting alluding to being, you know, kind of, I think you said at peace with, with where they are uh, with the roster. Um, sort of, sort of interesting, sort of makes it sound like, you know, they tried to do more stuff and <laughs> kind of had to resign themselves Then maybe they wouldn't be able to pull something off. But again, what is he going to say? Like, well, you know, I'm sure, you know, is he going to, is he going to say like, Oh, well, we've got some irons in the fire as far as potential trades. And I'm sure we'll yeah. pull, pull off something, you know, in the next, you know, of course he's going to say, if you're a good general manager, you, you, you lie to to some extent, or you, you know, withhold uh, selectively some, some of the things that you're trying to do. So, uh, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, you know, we're kind of now in the NBA calendar where most things have sort of, you know, sort of been flushed through. I think the Lillard situation not being resolved, James Harden still being, you know, um, disgruntled, but not yet traded. Uh, I, I do think there is an opportunity potentially where if and when those guys situations get resolved, that, um, you know, there could be some secondary moves that, you know, may have a little bit more clarity and, and maybe, maybe there are potential things the Bucks could do that, you know, again, not that they're trading for Damian Lillard or James Harden or, or even directly with like the heat, right. I'm not saying they're trying to get Tyler Harrow or something like Harrow or something mm. like that, but, but you never know. I mean, like this is, there's potentially all these trades could be like three, four team type type of deals. And, you know, if teams are again, potentially trying to maintain some flexibility to be part of those deals and, um, then who knows, you know, maybe they, they are, maybe, maybe they will become a bit more open for, for business after that, but, um, but we'll see, you know, I think now as we get towards mid July, you know, most moves have been made. Most signings have been done. We're obviously at this point, just kind of waiting for them to, I don't know, do a press release in mid August to say that the NASA has signed a one-year contract or something like that. But, um, but, but yeah, maybe, maybe the bucks are just going to go into to training camp without, you know, a, a backup point guard on an NBA contract. And I mean, there's lots of weird things they can do, whether it's, I mean, you know, Eric, Andre Jackson is the de facto backup point guard. Um, I don't think that's going to work very well, but who knows, right? I mean, new coaching staff, we don't have any, you know, we haven't seen Adrian Griffin do this as a head coach previously. We know Toronto like had some very unconventional lineups. They didn't play many, many backup point guard minutes the last couple of years. They just kind of ran Fred Van Vliet into the ground. So who knows how much that reflects Adrian Griffin's view on the need for a true kind of backup point guard or whether it was just sort of the reality of, of what Toronto was dealing with or what Nick Nurse wanted to do. Again, we're just kind of guessing. But um, but anyway, we'll see. And I think certainly you know, relative to where the Bucks were in the second half of the season where you had Chris Middleton healthy, you had Joe Ingles healthy, and you had obviously Javon Carter, who, yes, Javon is kind of more like a shooting guard in many ways. I mean, he could still bring the ball up, you know, to to, to start the offense, at least vaguely, competently. So, um, yeah, you obviously don't have Joe. You don't have Javon anymore. Um, so does that mean an opportunity for Lindell Wigginton? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really curious, 
you know, to see kind of how Adrian Griffin, you know, thinks of these rotations and who's going to get opportunities. Does he play tons of guys early in the season? Does, you know, he have like a 10 man group that he ends up settling on pretty quickly. Who knows? Right. I imagine with especially a new head coach, new group of, you know, new to this group of players, I would expect he'll probably cast a wider net than, you know, uh, an established coach, but, or otherwise might just because he hasn't seen these guys. He hasn't worked with these guys. So he may be more willing to kind of give different guys opportunities early in the season. But again, we, as we know, so much of that is, is often driven by injuries and availability and things like that. So at this point, we're a few months off from, from seeing any of that, but certainly preseason will be, you know, the next first opportunity, especially when you think about the, uh, the real roster, including not just some of the, the guys we're sure seeing here in the summer. I did read an article a little while back about AJ Green saying that it was really challenging for him to come into the NBA because he'd always been a point guard. He'd always been handling the ball. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's the secret weapon. I know John Horst was talking about Amari Moore, but he, he didn't mention AJ Green as the backup point guard. Anyway, uh, we didn't see a lot of dribbling from AJ Green tonight, but as I mentioned, he did knock down a corner three. He's on the main roster. Uh, we'll see if he gets... Uh, many opportunities he certainly did, uh, perhaps more than I expected last season as well. But they've got a lot of young guys on the main roster, as you pointed to, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, sometimes we see rule challenges in the offseason, and they look good on paper, but then they don't ultimately impact the game in any way. I mentioned the flop warnings or the flop penalty last week on the show. They were bringing that in for Las Vegas Summer League. And the coaches challenge as well, an extra coaches challenge. I don't know. We'll get to that next. Today's sponsor of the podcast is BetterHelp. And uh, we all understand that sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement as well. You've got to trust yourself, Frank, and you've got to trust yourself to make decisions that align with your values and uh, sometimes it's challenging, particularly with work. Maybe you've got a, a big move coming up. You're not sure whether to change career, change jobs. I've certainly gone through that in the past. And I can tell you, it is highly, highly, highly stressful. I'm not a best sleeper, a, a great sleeper at the best of times. Uh, but therapy can help. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which I love because yeah, I don't want to be running into people. Like, Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you, you just would prefer not to have that conversation. Maybe you want to keep these things to yourself. So it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash MBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on NBA. Go check out BetterHelp. Frank, I haven't discussed this with you. Uh, the flop warning coming in, a free throw for a floppers out there. And actually, I did ask the question about the Boston Celtics last week, whether they're any more likable without Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. So... Jeez, it would have been lucrative business for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, playing the Boston Celtics if they were called for some of those flops. But uh, we'll see how it's actually adjudicated during the game. The other one that was announced today, which I know some fans have asked for, was an extra coaches challenge. So uh, this new rule will award a team a second coaches challenge if the first challenge is successful. 
The team will not retain the timeout used to initiate its second challenge, regardless of whether it's successful. That's interesting. The timeout-related rules governing a team's use of first challenge uh, will be unchanged. So essentially, you can use a second challenge, but you don't get to keep the timeout uh, if you are successful. And of course, you've got to be successful on the first challenge. I don't know, Frank. I mean, I don't like the game delays. The coach's challenge takes too long as it is. I totally understand why there are fans out there that have called for this and they think that it makes sense and they're annoyed about the officials. And I, and I get it. And maybe if you're the Bucks, we've seen it time and time again with the block charge stuff that I still can't wrap my head around why Giannis never gets the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this will be something that Adrian Griffin can use to benefit this Milwaukee Bucks team. Maybe keep Giannis out of foul trouble. Just the idea of NBA games going longer and more delays and sitting and waiting for the official because his mic doesn't work and he doesn't know what they're looking at, that doesn't excite me. I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you have a successful challenge, I never understand. It always seemed weird to me that you, you know, then suddenly the refs got off the hook and they could, you know, you couldn't basically get get them a second time. So I, I'm totally fine with it. Um I get people don't like the stoppages. My, my th- view is like, I wouldn't, I don't like that the game officials review the challenges because to me, it's just like, well, they're always going to be less likely to overturn their own call anyway. So I've always would have felt like I'd prefer, you know, there to be like the video room in Secaucus and just have them basically adjudicate the, the challenges because I think also like they can, you know, you kind of know like when, a challenge is going to come tip typically, right? Um, then they can more quickly review it and get you an answer versus like the officials have to walk over, put on the headsets, get the monitors turned around, like go through the whole song and dance and they have to confer with each other and blah, 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 right? Like I think you could really speed up the reviews um, if you had it done centrally. You'd also get rid of some of just the bias of uh, of the nice. game officials doing it. Um so that would be my answer would just be like, well, let's just make the let's make the reviews just go quickly because they take so long. Yes. And, you know, I think feel like you could do them more quickly, especially if they were centrally reviewed. Um, so I'm 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 good with kind of if you get it right the first time or if you if you're with your first challenge and you get to keep another one. Um, I think the interesting thing, too, is that a lot of times, you know, coaches will keep their challenges until late in the game just in the sense that like, you know, Hey, if there's a really high leverage play, I don't want to have to use my challenge in the second quarter or something like that. Um, so I don't know what the stats are. I'm curious how often games went by without any challenge being used. I think that's probably going to go down too. So, um, so yes, can, I, that's bad news for you and anyone else that, you know, hates, hates stoppages. The other thing I would say too, is like, you know, if you're trying to figure out like, Oh, how are we going to make up the time from, you know, for an additional potential stoppage, I've said this before for the life of me. I have no idea why the clear path fouls like always get reviewed and they always take so long to review them. Like to me, a clear path, just call it on the floor. Like who cares? Like, especially it's like, if you want to say in the fourth quarter, a clear path foul gets reviewed, but like officially well, they don't need that, to like, review fine. it anymore. They've got the unsportsmanlike or the, or the transition foul. They, I don't even know why clear path is a rule anymore. It's the same thing. And you can call it on the floor as you pointed to. Well, but it's it's more punitive though, too. But though, right? Yeah, it's but... two it's two shots in the ball. But I agree. We're saying the same thing. Like just yeah. Don't don't bother like reviewing these. Like who cares? Um, and to me, it's like just a low value added thing anyway. But um, I will say this though on the flopping stuff. 
I'm, I've been surprised how little discussion there has been of like what they're actually defining a flop as. And people may recall, I mean, the, the, what is it like a decade old? Like they're, they, they introduced flopping as, as, you know, sort of like an after the fact, um, finding fine worthy thing like 10 years ago or something like that. And you saw it a little bit and then just as like completely disappeared the last few years, more or less. And so the, the, I assume the same criteria is going to be used for these technical in-game technical calls as they were for, for these sort of after the fact review things, which is basically like, you know, if you like basically fake or try to deceive the official into making a call um, by, you know, like, again, faking that you got hit in the face or, you know, totally dramatically overplaying something, um, then, then they can call that as, as a technical. That is what I was assumed. Like, I feel like some people are like, cause flopping means different things to different people. I think some people like think like if a guy's like sliding over into Giannis's path and it's like a block charge and he gets knocked over that, like, that's a flop. And it's like, I sometimes also refer to those as flops. Like when guys aren't like trying to play defense, they're just like, you know, basically like trying to take charges, but like, I don't think Giannis is going to have like a bunch of, like, I don't think there's going to be a bunch of, uh, flopping technicals called on guys trying to defend Giannis because honestly, like Giannis makes tons of contact to me, to me, the thing that I wanted to see was the expansion of the block charge circle, you know, the, basically the Kevin love rule, which I know got some discussion early in the playoffs when Giannis and I forget who, somebody else got hurt, right? Was it jaw? I think it might've been John Morant. Um, got hurt basically going up for shots and, you know, guys sliding underneath like Kevin Love, um, you know, illegally, basically they're blocking fouls and they're dangerous. That, that would have been the thing I would have much rather seen implemented because I think, again, it forces help defenders to, to actually like try to actually play defense more. I, again, I think there's, there's also potential, I don't know if we'll ever see it, but basically saying that like these help defenders who aren't defending the ball, um, that they can't do that at all. That's like the whole like hashtag ban the charge concept. It's not that if you're defending on ball that like, you know, the offensive player can do whatever they want to you, but it's just the idea of like Marcus smart flying in as a help defender, can't just plant himself under the basket um, and, and try to draw a charge that way. So, um, so the flopping thing, I mean, it doesn't hurt, I guess, Um, you know, there's been versions of this in pretty much every other league. I think like, I think college has a version of this. Um, can I assume NBL? You, there's some version of this in the NBL, right? I mean, what what's been your experience of as how as far as how this is implemented there? Because I'm just I just don't know how much reps are going to call it. I feel like there's going to be things where it's like there's going to be some they're going to call it some in like October, November, and then is it just going to kind of dissipate, <laughs> be forgotten by you know the springtime? Like that that feels like a lot of times how these rule changes get implemented. They kind of wax and wane a bit and by the end of the season, they've waned to like basically not getting called, but I don't know what your perspective is having actually seen something like this implemented in basketball that you watch every day. Yeah, it's good. If they call it uh, to your point, they call it in the NBL. Uh, it doesn't really slow down the game because if there's a flop, they'll indicate that there's a flop and then the play will continue until the next dead ball. And then there's a free throw. So it's, it, it doesn't actually really uh, slow down the game that much. Uh, but it's highlighted. And to your point about the block charge, they will still call block charge flops in the NBL. In fact, that might be the the most common flop that they'll call in the NBL. There's a flop warning, and then the second second time there'll be a free throw. But it is the really obvious. If you're just standing there and someone just kind of 
touches you and you go flying backwards, which I think this is the way it works. And I mentioned this in the podcast last week, but sometimes you will see players flop if they maybe get hit in the eye or hit in the face. And I don't know how you adjudicate that because it is clearly a flop, but if they don't do that, then they're not going to get the offensive foul call. To me, if there's incidental contact like that, maybe you just let it go. I've got no problem if players are flying around all over the place uh, if they get a flop warning. So I think the big question for the NBA will just be whether they actually call them because I'm with you. I'm a little bit skeptical at the moment. Uh, And the other one is for the uh, challenges in the NBL, they do have a separate room, a replay center that uh, makes the calls. I wouldn't say it speeds up the process, but maybe we got some more faith in our friends uh, in New York. Maybe they can. can... Yeah. And I I do like the idea too. It's like, you know, I think the one, one area where you, you will see like where this could help. Let's use Giannis, right? Giannis is the obvious guy um, on the bucks. Examples where like a small guy in the post, you know, Giannis like Hmm. brushes up against him. The guy just like launches himself to the ground. Like, that is where I think you'll see Giannis benefit from this type of call. Uh, and I do like the fact that, you know, currently, like when guys do that, the best sort of call for Giannis is typically a no call, right? Like just like let the guy fall down and then he just looks over and just dunks or whatever. We've seen that, you know, on a number of occasions, you know, every year. Um, so the idea that you can basically have a guy do that you can get a dunk and then, you know, they can call a technical at the next stoppage and you get another point out of it. Like, Hey, no downside to that. And again, they may not even really need to enforce it much to potentially get the change in behavior. Cause the goal is not that, you know, every game is going to have like three of these calls. The goal is basically to create a disincentive so that people don't even try it. And then ideally no, the refs won't have to call it. Right. So We'll see. I mean, I appreciate that they're trying to do it. Um, I think, you know, people often talk about sort of like, oh, there's like a big flopping problem in the NBA. Um, I think there is a problem, um, but I don't know. Again, I feel like people's definitions of flops kind of varies. um, And I don't know that this is going to solve, you know, everything that people consider flopping. But hey, if you get a little bit of it, you know, it's upside, right? Um, and, And hopefully it disincentivize, you know, the Marcus Smarts and Grant Williams of the world from doing what they've been doing. And by the way, I think, I think we talked about it before. I think, you know, you, you, you talked about it a week ago, but I'll reiterate the Boston Celtics deciding that they're no longer going to be, you know, a switch heavy team that can throw a bunch of different guys at Giannis and, you know, have two kind of premier floppers and, and Grant Williams and Marcus Smart on the floor during high leverage minutes. Like I'm all for it. Hey, Al Horford has had, you know, some good moments defending Giannis, but if basically their defense against Giannis is Al Horford and a bunch of guys like, you know, Chris Stapps, who, I mean, Giannis has just eaten Chris Stapps for lunch. I think he's averaged like 38 points a game against Chris Stapps teams in the last five years or so. So, um, so yeah, Boston Celtics, I get why they felt like they had to do something, but man, they just became like a lot less flexible defensively and, I don't know. I've been, it's been interesting, like listening to Bill Simmons and, you know, some of the other Celtics people that I follow. It's like, they're all trying to talk themselves into like, well, Chris Epps was good in Washington last year when nobody gave a shit and they weren't good. Right. I don't know. Chris Epps, like, you think, you think Chris Epps and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to be like this, like simpatico group of guys that just feed off each other emotionally. <laughs> Chris Epps and his fucking dead eyes and, 
you know, never been, never really won anything or been a part of really any winning teams. Like, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm curious. He's a good player, but that I don't know. He, I'm sure he'll be especially a good regular season player probably, but also seems the kind of guy that like Celtics fans might hate, you know, a month into the season. And it seems like a lot of them are kind of in denial about that. So, uh, so we'll see, but anyway, we had to, you know, bucks, bucks get their asses handed in the summer league game. We managed to bend this back to, uh, basically wishing bad things upon the Boston Celtics. So I feel like this ended up being very on brand for us, Kane. Uh, no doubt. And uh, spicy Frank tonight. Uh, I, th- I think the last time I wore this Rockets shirt was when the Rockets beat the Celtics in Houston earlier this year. And I was so pleased Jason Tatum missed like a potential game winning layup. Mm. Uh, just a really fun, fun night for me to, to root for the Houston Rockets. So, uh, so yeah, go Bucks, go Rockets. Yeah. Still, a little bit of summer league action to come uh, Thursday night, I believe, is when they're playing the Miami Heat. So we'll have a post game pot after Ooh. that. Uh, we need to discuss the in season tournament as well. I know the Bucks maybe tonight didn't have a great night in Vegas, but maybe there is happier times ahead in December with the NBA Cup. So we're going to discuss that as well. So it's, uh, there's always going to be news around the NBA. Uh, let us know in the YouTube comments if there's something in particular that you want us to talk about, and we'll hit it. As the off and, uh, the off season, I should say, continues to roll on. So we'll leave it there for Frank and myself. Uh, we'll catch you all tomorrow.